0: Welcome to content matters. I'm Alex. This is Sean. What up, Sean?
1: Hey, what up, Alex? How's it going?
0: Excellent. This week I went to Ryan Pineda's office and I toured his content machine for three, four, five hours. I actually got to spend a little bit of time with just him and Austin, his his camera guy, doing content in the back scenes. That was amazing. And I learned a ton. And I know you hang out with those guys. But I really wanted to share with you two things I learned that were extremely beneficial to me. Um, One, everybody works on the same four or five things. Work, fitness, faith for some people, and marriage. And what he says is he goes, a lot of people spend a lot of time on their work and they don't spend a lot of time on these other things. But what's interesting is work, your job, your business is the only thing that can be outsourced. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Actually, I can't outsource my fitness. You can't outsource your pushups. You can't outsource your marriage. You can't outsource your faith, but you can delegate and outsource all of your work. And I have been thinking about that nonstop since I heard it and it's simple, but I don't know, it hit me different. What do you think about that?
1: That yeah, when you put it like that, that you can't outsource the other areas. It makes complete sense. I mean, I think, you know, he's really big at the uh, systematizing, delegating, automating. Um, they got a phenomenal team over there. But I think, yeah, you can't can't delegate your relationships, you know. You can't. And, and I think those are, you know, also as important, you know. If you don't have everything going well at home, it might make things harder, you know, to focus at work. So when you put it like that, you know, I think... Um, one thing I've always admired about him that uh, he always talks about is he always has a date night once a week with his wife, Mindy. So I think, you know, making sure you're full, well-rounded and making time in all those buckets is uh, is critical, you know, to your mental health and those around you.
0: If I don't go to the gym and I don't get people time, I go crazy. So I'm yeah. going to go to the gym after this, actually. Uh, nice. The other thing he taught me was they are not really that – their goal is not to – grow their following nearly as much as they're doing they're doing marketing they're putting money in and they're trying to get money out to run a business and he is obviously very business minded but what's interesting is i've always approached this sort of organic thing like hey you know maybe you just make something that people like and you'll grow but i think the platforms are now so saturated and so mature that pay to play has become a real thing especially like especially on instagram um maybe not so much on youtube but what's interesting is when you do more of this when you do more of the ad spend, people just see your face more. And so even if they don't want to buy from you, then they, they'll get the, come to your page for the free stuff. So I do think that that has shifted my mindset about how to approach content instead of like the pure artist is still going to be all creator, but the entrepreneur, I really think I look at it now. I've, I've spent most of my time doing paid, uh, doing organic marketing, organic content, but now I'm really looking at going like the only way it's going to work is paid and the yeah, organic that- will support that, but.
1: The combo between organic and paid, I know they have a team that does the paid. I've talked to some of the members a few times, but yeah, I think for him, it's like you got other people who wanna do brand deals or look at the YouTube affiliate money that they're gonna make. And then you got people like him where he's selling his own businesses, he's putting on events. He makes money from those more than what you'd make off of your YouTube AdSense. Those are just drops in the bucket compared to everything else
0: yeah and they spent uh the numbers i heard was he spent not from him but i heard it secondhand he spent two hundred thousand dollars in paid ads but made four hundred thousand in profit
1: not bad not a bad but that's also, work.
0: but that's also that's also thousand or more people that's thousands hundreds maybe hundreds of thousands of people that saw your face now not all of them are going to follow you but they they saw you and they they got what you're were they picking up what you're putting down and maybe they don't convert the first time they might they might convert down the road so you make four hundred thousand dollars, but think about all of the touch points that you got from folks along the way. So I'm really thinking about that now in terms of how to grow Brandon Turner's company, but also this this platform. You know, how do we grow this thing? Yeah. You know, and how then the other
1: make- thing too is he's memorable. He's always dyeing his hair different colors, and he he I've heard him even mention it a few times where he'll be out to eat and people are like, "Hey, aren't you the guy from TikTok?" And you know, I think he's he's clever at standing out and then he's consistent. And I know also too, with their content, they're not necessarily worried about views and growing it, like you said, but they switched, you know, they have the podcast network. They got like four different podcasts. They're going for the long-term, long-term game, and they're going for watch time. So if they put out long extended periods of episodes and they have multiple different types of shows going, um, They're just banking on people become fans, get hooked, and then listen to them and listen to it extensively. I uh, still
0: think long form is going to be the premier, the best way to produce content going forward. I mean, people are just still going to always consume long form. I I hate to use the word always, but people are going to continue to consume long form content, and that's going to be very different than the way that short form behaves.
1: Yeah. I mean, the short form is how you might hook them in, but I think the long form is where they'll really get to know you as a person. And it's like, you know, I think most people listen to the podcast when they're driving or working out. Um, I heard Danny Fleischman say once that the average workout's like 45 minutes. So when he launched like money Mondays or whatever his podcast is, um, they wanted to make it 45 minutes. Cause they're like, you know, most people listen either driving or working out. I forget the stat that he mentioned for how long the average commute is, but, you got people like that who are like looking at the statistics and like refining their show based on like, all right, if people are working out for 45 minutes, let's make ours 45 minutes. Um, and his was trending like right when it came out. Um,
0: yeah, I love that. Also, I look at guys like Joe Rogan and Patrick, bet David, which are doing two hour plus shows now. So I think there's a stickiness. I, there's certainly a, you know, a vo- an ear for every voice. Um, but I do like the, 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 the trying, the testing of different long-form content. But I like our little 30-minute. It also fits in our our personal schedules because finding an yeah. hour to talk every week is hard. Finding 30 minutes for us to talk every week is hard. I'd, and I'd like to do more, but...
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it would be this hard for us to schedule, but it, we're making it happen. We're getting the reps in.
0: We're getting some reps in. Um, and you're doing a great job with the short-form clips. I don't share enough of them. But um, the other thing about, the, about short-form content is I watched this video this week from Gary Vee and he made a really interesting point. I consider Gary Vee to be the soothsayer of content. Like whatever he says is probably 2 to 5, maybe 8 or 10 years earlier than it, it the reality, but he just he's so in tune with it. And he said the next big social media platform will be more extreme than TikTok. And what TikTok did was basically said like, "Hey, when we have a winner, we show it to we show it to way 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 more people rather than showing all of your stuff to all of your followers." And so what it's going to do is it's going to create a, "Hey, you got a hundred views on this. And then you got 155 million views on this banger. And I thought that was interesting because you know what he called democratization, like anybody can win. But what I thought of it is, I mean, that's gambling, that's a lottery ticket. And I, it makes me to think of two things. One, do we think of lottery ticket buying as a viable financial, you know, practice? Is that a good strategy to, to do your finances? Is, is buy lottery tickets? Absolutely not. Well, the same thing goes, is that can be a good way to create a, a organic following or a creative following is by doing this, essentially what becomes a lottery? Maybe not. Will people consume it just like they consume the lottery? Yes, but is that going to create a situation? Nobody's loyal to the lottery, right? They don't care about it. They just, they think about it week by week. Um, And the second thing it reminded me of is this old saying in marketing, like if you AB test anything long enough, you get gambling or porn. And I think that's a perfect example of the internet trying to do things and finding out what works until eventually, you know, we got to gambling.
1: Yeah. No, that video. uh, Well, when you sent it to me, it made me think of, I know we were talking about this pre-show just a little bit, but very polarizing, right? He was saying you'll have like 150 million views and then no views, but and then the gambling aspect makes me think of the HQ trivia game that came out during COVID that everyone, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people were on it cause you know, they would make an announcement when the show's coming out, the guy would have like silly little trivia questions and then they'd have a winner. And, um, I think, yeah, something like that where instead of showing it to all your friends and followers and then it's, you know, a larger audience and reward the the viral videos even more like you said i think is um probably the next wave and then i think attention spans will probably get even shorter too you know
0: yeah we talked about the last time the attention spans but and i agree with you that attention spans are getting shorter in some ways but the more i've thought about it over the last week i thought i think to myself there are people who are still doing like barnes and noble is selling more books um long-form content is still doing well so I think it's a split. I also think people are consuming more content than ever. So maybe on the average, they're consuming so much short form content throughout the day that it brings the average down. But I still believe in long form content written. Blogs are still, you know, blogs are still a thing. Um, And I also think that it's a much more effective way to reach an audience is the podcast or the long form, the long form videos. The short form gets more clicks, but I think they're just less valuable clicks personally.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I mean, what they say, it's like seven touch points that somebody needs to see you to like familiarize yourself, you know, with wanting to do business with you or work with you. And uh, I think we probably mentioned it on one of the other episodes before, but it's like s- seven hours, you know, so it's like 14, 30 minute podcast episodes for them to listen to where they think they actually got to know us and
0: We're on how number many 11.
1: TikToks is that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, I don't know. I can't count that high. That's a lot of TikToks. Yeah. And they got to watch all of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was wondering how was your uh, last time we spoke, you were going to the bigger pockets uh, event.
0: Uh, I did. I went to bigger pockets. I shot bigger pockets for three days and then I went to Las Vegas and I shot uh, two events that were, I went, I, I, I shot a very expensive paid mastermind full of hotshot real estate investors. The cost of entry to that group is $50,000 per year. Um, so I was around people that I have no business being around. And then I went to LA and I shot a promo for a CPA friend of mine. Uh, None of which I've been able to complete yet because I'm so overloaded with work, but it'll all get done. Um, But it was really interesting for my creator friends like you um, and anybody who listens to this as a creator, that camera will get you in rooms way beyond your pay grade. And it is a, it is a, a very interesting talent where anybody can buy a camera and, you know, make a decent photo, but you have got to be a master of your craft to, to, to excuse me, if you become a master of your craft, you can really use that thing to leverage um, networks in ways more than just like, Hey, you know, come take pictures, but like, Hey, come be part of the group because we like you and you take great photos. If you can combine those two skills, man, you're, you're in the money.
1: So I got a question. So I heard somebody say this and I think you and I probably agree, you know, if we're the quote, least experienced or dumbest person in the room we have the most to gain. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we look at some of the events that we've gone to bring in a camera, there are some highly successful people, but does that ever like intimidate you with, uh, you know, 50K entry and, you know, like you said, people in there, we have no business, to, you know, being with, but you know, you would take phenomenal photos, you're likable, you're in real estate, but. Uh,
0: ever... I've told this story before and I'm happy to tell it again. Uh, maybe not in this show, but when I was 18, I went to, uh, excuse me, that's not true. When I was 19, I went to Kabul, Afghanistan in 2003. And I went attached with a Green Beret unit. And Green Berets Special Forces are the most, nearly the most elite soldiers on planet Earth, certainly in the Army. Um, and, you know, we went to war. I went to war with the Green Berets right and i i worked uh with them very closely and sometimes on the team downrange doing you know cool stuff and some of these guys were warriors and some of these guys were insecure trying to overcompensate and i hung out and i hung out with a lot of them and one of the, the my leaders was a guy who had been a ranger and a sf guy for 15 years and he went to you know Mogadishu in the 90s and was at you know doing the black hawk down missions and and then also while I was there. I met generals. I met the secretary of defense for the U S military, uh, for the U S, you know, government at the time, Donald Rumsfeld, and you know, these guys were warriors and we were playing for the highest stakes and they all treated me like a regular individual and they were all in the end of the day, regular individuals. And then I get to entrepreneurship and I find these rock stars, these entrepreneurial rock stars, as we like to say, and, and. They've done a good job of making money and a guy like Ryan Pineda has done a good job of systemizing, outsourcing, delegating and, and selling people on a vision. And I take nothing away from any of that, but intimidated. Absolutely not. Um, no. Uh, and I think that gives me an advantage because I'm like, you guys are, you guys are business owners. This is at the end of the day, it's pretty all low. It's all pretty low stakes. There's zero chance of death. Um, and there's actually a low chance in real estate. There's a very low chance of bankruptcy. I mean, real estate is a very reliable business model. So um, I think that gives me an advantage. No, I'm intimidated, intimidated by none of them. I have not met one yet. In fact, I was smack-talking Ryan Pineda uh, when I met him. Uh, I've, I've known Ryan a few years, so I get a little bit of I, – I, I feel a little more comfortable with that. But you know, we're going to go interview Tim Tebow next week, and I'll smack-talk him too because for the same reason.
1: Nice. He's going to be at the uh, next WealthCon.
0: Tebow? Tebow. Yeah, oh, yeah tim tebow uh brandon turner and ryan pineda are all in a other mastermind called the wellspring it's a christian organization uh, i'm not in it but i'm going to film a podcast with him with them on saturday
1: oh very cool
0: are you intimidated
1: um i'm definitely more i'll be maybe a little bit more observational or reserved you know and just you know kind of get a, my bearings on the room um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we're all humans. I think, um, there's been a few instances like backstage where I've seen people say or do things or talk about things where I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like we, we all go through the same things. Um, and it's kind of like taking them down for me a little bit, but you know, I haven't been in that, um, life or death situation. Like you have, you know, in the army or anything where the stakes are ultra high, um, so maybe, maybe, maybe a little intimidated or at least it's a little, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe listen more or, you know, not, won't say anything and just kind of observe. But, you know, I know at the end of the day that we all are uh, trying to figure it out and they're human too. Um, Very much sometimes so, yeah. it's a little bit like, uh, that, oh, like, oh my God, that's Lewis house. I've been following him forever. It's crazy. He's here in front of me. You know, uh, um,
0: I shot Lewis houses 40th birthday party. Did you know that?
1: I think I did. I think you told like, me. Like on a whim,
0: I don't follow Lewis, so I don't know Lewis. I mean, Brandon and him are buddies, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go to this party. And like, you know, I asked him if they needed a photographer. They said, sure. So I went and just took a couple photos. I didn't do much. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't do the starstruck that much. Now, there are people in my life, in my circle, that I would be a little starstruck from. One of them is a guy named Nassim Taleb, who I'm obsessed with. And maybe some, you know, I'm obsessed with a band named uh, called Tool. And if I met some of them, I might be like, oh my God, I've been listening to you for 25 years. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm grateful that for my situation because it shaped me in a way that sort of, you know, some of these folks are impressive. And I don't want to take anything away from them to say like, oh, we're, we're perfectly equal. I mean, people are not all perfectly equal, but um, it does give me a little bit of a, I don't know. It gives me my little unique way. So I don't have to feel any lesser of another human being um that being said to your point i do talk i do try i'm not good at it i do try to talk less when i'm around somebody that i can learn so much from and it comes when it comes to business and entrepreneurship i have a tremendous amount to learn from these very successful individuals and i have the utmost respect for their accomplishments in those realms
1: same here yeah sometimes just being in the room hearing what they're talking about with other people and just being able to listen is just as valuable as, you know, talking to them yourself and ask the questions because you can just hear and observe and take photos, take some video, and you get to be there and hear the things that nobody else gets to hear, you know, that's uh, out as an attendee, you know, hearing the other speaker talk.
0: The camera gets you in, bro. The camera is right now as I thought um... – Seven, eight years ago, six years ago, when I started my camera, I thought I was like, oh, this is going to be a temporary hobby as cell phones replace it and it goes obsolete. And now I found myself in a position like this thing is becoming more valuable. This is great.
1: Well, I was going to. All right. So now that you say the the cell phone and the iPhone thing, uh, the last two events, I filmed uh, Neil Dingras mastermind since we last spoke. And then I filmed Renee uh, Rodriguez's uh, event, AmpCon. And both events had somebody on iPhone, like somebody else coined the term iPhoneographer, but I liked it. And they're like, that's a new trending thing. Now, like add that to the repertoire of like the team, you know, like somebody on the iPhone and specifically trying to get more like cinematic shots, not just like iPhone stuff for socials, but having like technique, maybe even having it on the DJI Osmo little uh, gimbal and it's interesting because, you know, every the last few events, it's like how they segment the team and then how things get executed down the line. Like for the last two or three, you know, normally I'm like the the gimbal guy that shoots horizontal. But then they also have a gimbal guy who shoots vertical. And then now they have the iPhoneographer. And then uh, both events, you know, had uh, somebody in the back editing. So you go drop the clips. Oh, and
0: uh, That's so much.
1: It's it's crazy, you know, it, but it's cool. And uh, like even at Pineda's events, you know, we'll do same day edits for some of the stuff that they put on the um, the screens, you know, when people come back from launch, it's kind of like revealing a magic trick where people are like, oh my God, that's, did they take that today? That is from today, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting to see how it's growing because one of the guys I was talking to, at the last event was saying like there'll be more and more, you know, opportunities for people with just savvy with their iPhones, you know, to film events. And,
0: um, it's coming phone phones are, they're coming. They're coming so hard, Uh, but the the cameras are getting better. So they're going to start doing like they're they're starting to do some interesting things, but for what we do for content, I think the phones are, are coming. I -hmm. think this is probably, I'm going to go get the 15 here soon, but I think, by 16, iPhone 16 or 17, you're, you're going to start to see a big, a big shift. Um, log footage, 10-bit log is now a thing. Um, the 120-millimeter lens is a big upgrade. Um, the auto stabilization, I mean, it's great.
1: Who is that guy that you sent me? I think you're a fan of him. It's like Kyle Nutt, maybe? on. Uh, oh, on Kyle
0: stage. Nutt is great. He yeah. is great. He he does cinematic, and he does BTS, and he can he has an, a way of telling you a one week story about how I got a shot. The shot or the video or the ad takes ten seconds, and the how to takes fifty, and he crams it all into sixty seconds, and it's all high quality, and it's just my dude is my dude has got talent.
1: Dude, I watched one of his videos, and it was like thirty thousand dollar camera versus iPhone. And I didn't watch it till the end, but I watched the two clips and I was like, they both look pretty clean. I didn't watch to see which was which, but to me, I was like, they look great.
0: Everything is going to change when we go to VR. I think that's where the big discrepancy is going to come back because the VR is going to, like right now you can use a phone because you're watching it on on a phone. So like you don't need that many pixels, but when you watch it on VR, right, you're going to need think about like a 4k takes up, you know, X amount of space. Well, now I'm going to need freaking a hundred K to fill a whole, um, circular, you know, view, or, or maybe I only need, um, you know, four six, maybe eight K to film one view at a time. And you can stitch them as you turn around. But when we go to VR, which is probably, I don't know. I, I don't want to guess five, five years away, eight years away before you start using it regularly. Um, or some version of um, augmented reality with the glasses, you know, Meta just came out with these glasses, and it's coming, right? I mean, Apple's making a big bet on it. When you go to VR, it's gonna, it's gonna, switch, it's gonna switch back to like, oh, we need the fucking pixels, bro, right? But in the meantime, really if, you're, if you're looking on the phones, you don't need 4K. I, don't sh- I never shoot in 4K. You don't need 4K, o- other than like punch-ins, which don't even matter, because even if you punch it in at 4- 1080 and you get to 720, nobody cares on the cell phone, not really. I, we shoot in 4K. We shoot our podcast in 4K, and we cut it all up to 1080, and so we can shoot vertical and and all these things. And yeah. but when you're looking at here, you really can't tell the difference. Nobody can tell the difference between 4K and 1080 on this phone. When you go to VR, you're gonna know.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good point with the VR. I uh, have you have you ever played like one of the original Oculus games, like the DK1 or DK2? Yeah. Just seeing the evolution of how that's came, because I, I was like a huge nerd and ordered one of the the Kickstarter ones, you know, with uh-huh. Lucky Palmer made. I have both the DK one and DK two. And I just remember nerding out so hard. And it was only 720p graphics and it was basically just like 360 video. It didn't even move on the Z axis. So if you if you went like this, things went to get bigger. Um and we were just like, This is unbelievable. And just to see how far it's come and where right now it's wireless. And it's better than 720p Uh is crazy. But like you said, with the cameras, that's a really good point with higher resolution for VR. Something yes. I didn't think
0: about. And Canon has released a 4- 5.2 millimeter fisheye dual lens to do for the, the RF system about a year ago now. So I think they are working. My hope is that they're working hard on it. Cause I want them to kick Sony's ass like usual. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think that that um, I think that the world is moving that way. I, it's actually taking it's actually gone slower than I sort of expected. But people are interesting human beings, right? The like Google Glass was laughed out. VR hasn't really taken off like we expected. I think kids use it more, but that's always the case. But you know, I look at the same way with cell phones. I mean, we had bag phones, we had car phones that were only cars, and and then we had cell phones, and people are like, "What's the fucking point?" And then one day they were like, Steve Jobs, like, "Hey, we're going to take your iPod and put a phone in it," and everyone's like, "Why do we need that?" And now you can't live without it. So I think VR is going to have a similar trajectory where we're like, that's bulky. That's weird. You know, it's got to be wireless. I don't want it to be on my head because I can't interact with another human being in the room. That's the biggest obstacle It's like when you have the machine on your head, you're all in. When they solve that by either convincing everybody to do it and it's less friction or they have some form of um, device that's just allows you to do both, which is where I think the AR the augmented reality comes in, you have a glasses that displays things out, but you can still communicate in the real world. Um, When they solve those issues, I think people are gonna be like, how did we ever live without this? Just like this. How did you ever live without us? But I was around when this didn't exist. And I was around, I'm sure you were too. (laughs) We were around when this didn't exist. And then when you got one, you're like, "What is there's nothing to do with this. And now I can't go 10 seconds without picking it up. So I think VR will be, um, similar. And I think they're going to come into new data bandwidth problems. Just like, dude, we used to have 56 K modems and now I'm like, I couldn't, we couldn't do anything with 56 K. They had, they're like the internet, we got to have all this bandwidth now and they solved it. So I think VR, they're gonna have a megapixel problem.
1: I just saw a meme the other day. It was like IBM's first, like five megabyte drive. And it was like a huge box, like the size of like a pallet. And you look at things now, it's like so much smaller. Um,
0: 256 gigabytes. Yeah, you know? crazy. My dad was have, freaked out.
1: They have one terabyte size uh, SD cards I, now. You know, it's like, I think they
0: make these. This is a micro. I think they make these in one terabyte now.
1: That's absurd.
0: It's absurd. It's great. But it's also, it's not a bandwidth so much problem, right? How fast can you transfer it? So the same thing is going to be with the megapixel for the camera. It's like, can you shoot in 16K? You're going to need a monster camera my, My, you're gonna need a it's gonna be a huge camera and it'll take years to 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 do that to downscale it so i the phones are coming but just like everything else in the world as soon as you solve it you're like let's find a bigger platform to play on
1: imagine editing in vr like having your desktop you know put in the headset on
0: well it's i think about it more like imagine imagine editing with an AI assistant like this is what I want oh sure right do this okay take these clips you know take the best ones put them to a music sort of like this not that not that yeah that one take that music put it to this these clips put it in this sort of pace no make it faster make it punchier okay not that clip use something else not that clip use something else tell this story like and it'll it'll do that Mm -hmm. so I think the VR will be part of it but the the AI the assistant will be a bigger part of it
1: backtracking here real quick. I was going to ask you, so you like, do you think Ryan uh, Pineda's content looks good? Do you like his,
0: dude, his content looks great.
1: I was going to ask, um, what what, does his team use Sony or Canons?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that clip? I had Austin. They use Sony's they use Sony's and I had Austin. He's like, oh, but, uh, but. But Canon's better for photography. What else did he say? He said something else.
1: Like C-Log or something? Oh, C-Log
0: is better than S-Log. And he's like, and I was like, well, that's only Canon. So what's up?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had Um, to set you up for that one, though.
0: I appreciate that, yeah. Um, It's funny because I love watching your feed and all your friends, like, Sony gang, Sony gang. I don't know if that's, like, a coincidence or that's me baiting them, and now people are talking about it. I'm just going to keep effing with them.
1: Yeah. No, the Sony gang is strong. I mean, I filmed... um, we filmed an Indian wedding this last weekend, which was totally kick-ass. That felt like a production. It was the first time filming an Indian wedding. My buddy brought me on.
0: How many had, days? Like,
1: It was four days. I only filmed for two. The, these guys probably dropped, I don't know how much money, at least half a million, I guess. They rented out the entire Caesars pool, closed that down. One of the nights they rented out a chaos nightclub at the Palms. And it was like segmented roles. Like we had a drone guy. We had the main shooter. We all had the headsets on so we could communicate. And uh, the groom rode in on a camel into the pool. It was just, it was like a fair, it was like a Bollywood movie. Sure. Um, And everyone was on Sony's. So you can imagine, you know, colors, lighting, everything looks great.
0: Sony, so, (laughs) Canon right now is in a tough place because there's no Sigma lenses There's no third-party lenses, and they don't have their own. There's no 24 millimeter 1.4. There's no 30 millimeter 1.4. There's no 35 millimeter 1.4. There's no there's no wide-angle primes. Like they're just missing a lot of lenses, and there's no third-party architecture right now. So like they're in a weird spot, right? But it's coming. I think maybe by the end of this year, if not, then definitely by next year, there's going to be a swarm a a swarm of new lenses by Canon, and I think they're going to open up the allow the third-party RF architecture, and then I think you'll start balancing it out because. Dude, Canon just makes a great, uh, a great product, and they just they've been slow to switch to um, mirrorless, and now they're um, doing really good. So uh, I'm here for the long haul. You're here for the short run, and that's that. I'll have the last laugh.
1: <laughs> so are they are they kind of gatekeeping people like third party lenses then from? Being I think built, they or?
0: tried to, but it's just not going to work. I don't believe it's going to work. I mean, it's going to crush them because Sigma just makes such great lenses. I mean, Tamron's okay, but Sigma just makes some of the best lenses. I mean, I love my Canons over a Sigma lens, but man, it's like, it's a 20%, it's a 10% increase in quality for a 30% price increase. And so a customer like me is willing to pay it, but a lot of people aren't. The Sigma lenses are, again, they're 85, 90% is good for 30, 40% less, maybe something like that, 20 or 30% less. And that's just a big swing. That's just a big swing. So people are just going to, they're going to they're going to, and it's heavier, but most people don't care. So, especially for content production where it's like, you know, if you're doing a podcast or something, you can't tell it's on a tripod. So I think they're going to have to open up and they've signaled that they're going to, they're going to open it up. So they're going to have to open it up. And, um, I think it's gonna be good for everybody.
1: Nice. I like, so I got a couple Tamrons. I like them because they're light. So when I'm traveling, you know, I don't have to worry about weight, try to get as light as possible, but I, yeah, the Sigma, Zeiss, even Sony's lenses, they're, you know, heavier glass, better quality. But it's like Tamron's are 50% the price and like 90% as good, I would say. And then if you have a yeah. good ND filter too, like,
0: you know, can't even tell. Like I was... No, they have to open up the him. architecture. Yeah. Um, let's wrap this. It's 32 minutes. Oh, Sean. Super appreciate you. we both agree that can's better. I'm glad that we continue this trend. um let's record I go to town on Friday night let's I'd love to record another episode with you maybe like Thursday afternoon maybe Friday morning.
1: Friday morning could work I have all right we don't huge... have to decide
0: it. We don't have to decide it on okay. on camera, but yeah okay uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. Hey, super appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you too. By the way, you're looking good. The lighting looks great on you.
0: It's coming along. it's coming along. You know, I love, I love, uh, I got my studio coming along. I love the, uh, I can do, I can control it all for my Bluetooth. That's the new, that's the new hotness and lights. In fact, this is how I'll sign off. I'm going to say goodbye. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's pretty cool. All right. Peace.